Welcome! We're going to learn about Explore Analytics by doing. No slides. Before I show you how to build interactive visualizations from scratch, let's whet our appetite by looking at some of the reports that come out of the box when you set up a ServiceNow data source. For example, let me click on the first link in my favorites. This chart shows software licenses based on the Software Asset Management Software Counter Results table. Here we apply the filter that only shows us software where the manufacturer is Microsoft. So you can see a list of Microsoft software and each bar is broken down by the group that's using the software. Next, let's see this timeline of incidents by month and priority. The timeline chart is very interactive. For example, we can zoom in, scroll through the timeline, as well as see detail of the breakdown of number of incidents each month by priority. Next, let's look at the expense analysis report. This one is a pivot type of report, or a cross-tabular report. What you can see is that we can have any number of fields down the side, any number of fields across the top. We can also have any number of metrics here. For example, expenses, which is just a sum of the amount, as well as the percentage of the total for that quarter. And we can also see a difference from the previous quarter. So here we have 129% increase in Q2 over Q1. So this is a very powerful analysis tool, and we'll see more of it later in the presentation. Next, let's look at the CI count by location and class. This one is a geographical chart. As you can see, we have a map of the world. We can zoom in on a region. We can repeatedly zoom in until we find the location that we're interested in. For example, in this location, we have four configuration items. We can actually drill through to see the details of those configuration items. And now that we've drilled in, you can see a list of these four items at that New York location. And I can even further drill through on this item to the ServiceNow application to see that particular configuration item, the bond trading business service in ServiceNow. So now that we've seen this, the next thing to do is to start from scratch and show you how I set up a ServiceNow data source and how I create a report from scratch. Now let's roll back time and see how easy it is to create a ServiceNow data source. The first thing you need to know is that we need to install the Explore Analytics update set on the ServiceNow instance. The update set enables Explore Analytics to connect to the instance and get the data. The update set consists of nothing but a scripted web service that we use to get the data. You can download the update set right from this dialog and install it on your instance before you go ahead and create the data source. Let's assume that we already installed it and go ahead and define a new data source. So we'll give it a name, any name that you like, and any description, and then let's type in the name of our instance. In my case, it's my development instance. And then for the username, I recommend setting up a service account user for Explore Analytics. I created a ServiceNow user called Explore Service. This user requires the SOAP script role to do the scripted web service. Beyond that, give it only the roles it needs for reporting. In my case, I gave it the ITIL role and the roles needed for financial management and asset management. What it's doing right now is getting information from the ServiceNow instance about all the tables that this user is allowed to access. Their names, their labels, their fields with their names, labels, data types, and information about choice fields, reference fields, and display fields. 
Explore Analytics actually understand choice fields, reference fields, duration fields, and so on, and uses this information to help you build reports, as we'll see later on. In addition, it also brings default views, and we'll see that as well, and it creates those demo views that we've seen earlier. Okay, so this is how it looks after I created the ServiceNow data source. As you can see, the demo views for ServiceNow have been created and added to the top of my favorites list. And we can pull again the CI count by location and class and show you how to create this one from scratch. So I'm going to go ahead and delete this view and we'll create it from scratch. We'll start by picking New View from the menu. We'll pick the ServiceNow data source and pick the configuration item table. There is autocomplete here, so I can just type until I find the table that I want. Next, we'll give the view a name. We want to create a chart, but let's take a detour and define it as a list first, and I'll show you the functionality that's available there. We'll check this box to add it to our favorites. Now that I clicked Finish, it created a list of CIs, and it's bringing back a screen full of data. The view is created and any changes that I'm going to make to this view are going to automatically be saved. The CI table has many columns, but what you see here are the eight columns that are defined in ServiceNow to be the default view for the CI table. Another feature is the hyperlinks that are automatically created for all the display fields and reference fields that allow me to drill through to the ServiceNow instance. For example, the hyperlink on the name field is basically a nav2.do URL that takes us to the CI form in ServiceNow for the given sysid. The list view allows me to resize columns, I can filter rows, for example I can exclude CIs that have no description, you can see the filter that got created. I can select to only see Dell equipment by doing show matching and I can build up a complex filter with any number of ands and ors and reach conditions based on the type of field. To see more of the field functionality, let's add a condition on the company field. In, and you can see this type of filter where you can select multiple values to match. Let's get rid of that and show you another example. When you select a field, you have a hierarchical list of fields. For example, the asset field is a reference field and so I can select any of the fields from the asset table. From there I can get to additional fields that are referenced there, for example, the asset company, and so on. Next, let me show you how we can add the field to this view. For example, we can add the asset to this view, and you can see it now. The list of fields here is also hierarchical, and we can pick fields from reference tables, for example, any field from the asset table. Instead of showing the asset description, let's pick the clean asset tag. What we really want is the asset tag, but with the hyperlink that we have on the asset. So let's do that. We'll take it from the asset, we'll copy the hyperlink, and then we'll go to the asset tag, and paste it in there, and click OK. And then we can get rid of the asset field, and just keep the asset tag field with the hyperlink. If we wanted to place the asset tag after the manufacturer, we can just take it and drag it and drop it after the manufacturer, and we can see that the asset tag is where we want it. If there are any fields that we don't want to have in our view, for example this last field tends to always be empty, the maintenance schedule, so we can remove it from the view. We made these changes to the list view to have it exactly the way that we want it, 
so that later on, when we have a chart and we drill through to details, we'll see it with the asset tag and without the maintenance schedule. Before we go on, let's set the filter to location is not null and sys class name not equal to computer. Let's turn this view into a geographical chart. Let's click on the chart button and select the map chart. It tells us to select fields using the dialog on the left. We'll choose geographical points. The location can be by country or state or so on, but in our case we actually have the latitude and longitude in the location table. So let's do that. We'll pick the location table and then the latitude field. We'll do the same for the longitude. And you can see that the locations are already indicated on the map. We actually want it to be a bubble chart, which means that the size of each location marker will indicate the number of CIs in that location. In this case, it's a simple count. We'll just call it count. And then we want it to be a pie chart to break down the count by the class of CIs. When we hover with the mouse over a location or touch it on a touch device, we see the tooltip with information about this location. We're missing the name of the location. Let's add it to the tooltip. To do that, let's go back to our list of fields and find the location field and drag and drop it onto the list of fields for the tooltip. Now when we hover over a location, we can see the location. The last thing I wanted to show you is that the legend which is currently below the chart can be placed on the right and be visible at all times. Let's see that the drill through is working as promised. We'll click on this location with a single network gear item and view details. We can see that network gear item and see its asset tag and click on that to see the hardware record in ServiceNow. Let's close that. What you see up here at the top are the breadcrumbs that show you how we got here. We picked the ServiceNow data source, the configuration item table, we created the view on that configuration item table, and we called it CI count by location and class, and then we drilled through to details. To go back to the view, we can click on this breadcrumb here. If we display the favorites list, you can see that our view was added at the bottom. Let's move it towards the top where it was originally by simply dragging it. The next thing I'd like to show you in more detail is the pivot. Let's return to the expense analysis and this time let's see how it's constructed. Let's pull up the fields dialog in the sidebar on the left. This is where we choose the fields for the pivot. Down in the rows we have the target table and target. Those are two fields from the expense allocation table. We have these fields in the rows with a subtotal on the target table. Across the columns we have the year and the quarter. We can basically break the date into its components and show the year, the month, week, day of the week and date. We can show these fields in the same area as we have it here now in the columns, year and quarter, but we can actually move for example the year to the rows and show the years in the rows and the quarters in the columns. Next, let's look at the values fields. These are the metrics or calculations that we have in this report and in this case we have three of them. The expense which is a simple sum of the amount, the percent of total for the quarter, and the percent difference of quarter over quarter. We show those three fields across the top. We can show them down the side. 
Let me show you how that's done. We take this special field called values and move it to the rows to show the values right here in the rows. So you can see for this cost center called sales, we have the three metrics one under the other. This is useful to compare these metrics across the four quarters so we can see Q1 next to Q2, Q3, and 4. It's just a different way to look at the same data. Let's move the values back to the columns and you can see that now they're showing across the top. Each one of those fields is defined here in the values. For example, let's bring up the settings for the expenses field. We do that by double-clicking the field or using the settings button. We can see that we applied the sum calculation on the amount to total the expenses. For the percent of quarter, you can see that again it's a sum of the amount for the quarter and then it's displayed as percent of column. Lastly, for the percent difference from the previous quarter, let me show you how that's constructed. For display values as, you select percent difference from, then you select the field. We can select from any of the fields that are part of the pivot. And in this case, we select the quarter and we can compare it to previous quarter. If we wanted to compare it to previous year, we'll just select the year and click OK. In our case, there's only one year, so the percent difference is showing blank. The pivot table also has drill through capability. So, for example, if we wanted to drill through on the sales cost center for Q1, we're going to drill through to details for that cell. Let's go back to the view. You'll notice that if I click on the chart, it automatically creates a chart based on the pivot. We see the date grouped by quarter, and we see the three calculations showing up in the chart with separate y-axis and scale, one being money and the other two being percentage. And again, we have the tooltip and the drill-through capability. The nice thing about the view in Explore Analytics is that it has all three types defined, a list, a pivot, and chart, with one of them being active. We can easily switch between the pivot, the list, and the chart, and all three are always stored with the view. Okay, two more things to show you before we conclude this crash course. Let me point out that all the views that we saw so far were personal views. It means that they are only visible to this Explore Analytics user. We have an option to share this view, and it will make this view shared by all the users of the company, and that means that they can all access and modify this view. Another, maybe more useful option is to publish this view. Let's do that. We're going to publish the expense analysis view, and we have a few options when we publish the view. We can decide to publish it with the data, or publish it live, to get fresh data every time the view is displayed. In that case, we don't need the subtitle. I should stress that live data is the normal way that Explore Analytics works. Whenever we look at a view, it connects to the ServiceNow instance and gets live data. I should also stress that filtering and aggregation are always performed on the ServiceNow instance, and Explore Analytics never pulls more than a few thousand rows from ServiceNow, even if the tables in ServiceNow are large. Explore Analytics does not warehouse data or keep copies of ServiceNow data. Only when we create a frozen view, the data that's part of the report itself is encrypted and stored with the report. Let's go ahead and make it live. We have another option here, whether to require the user to log in to see the view or make it available to anyone who receives a link to this view.
Let's check this off and click OK. It's going to create a copy of the view and it's warning us that we're making a public copy. What we see is that the web address includes a random 128-bit number, which means that it can't be guessed, and therefore this is as secure as an email attachment. Anyone who gets the email can see the report. The other option here, if I click the Embed button, is that you get some HTML code that lets you embed the chart, for example in a blog, or on a web page, or on a home page, and that's very useful and it's similar to how you would embed a YouTube video, for example. Another useful option that we have instead of publishing it right now is to schedule it, and that means that the report will run on a schedule and will be emailed to users. So typically we'll do it with frozen, so that we'll get the data as of the date that the view was generated. And then let's require the user to log in to see this view. We'll click Next, and here we'll select people that we want to email to. For example, I'm going to mail to Gadi, and I can set the email title, and the email itself will have a link to the view. Next, we'll go to scheduling, and we can pick from many options to schedule it daily, weekly, on certain days, on certain day of the month, on the second Monday of the month, and so on. I can run starting today, and until October 1st, and click finish to have it run on the schedule that I specified. That's very useful. The last thing I wanted to show you, if I wanted to create another report similar to this one, but with some changes, we can go ahead and make a copy of this report, give it a name and click OK. Let's modify this copy. For example, let's get rid of the percent difference from the previous quarter. This copy is available on Favorites and we can move it next to the original report, and you can see the original report and the copy we've just made and modified. If we no longer need it, we can go ahead and delete this view and it's gone. That concludes our demo for today. If you'd like to find more information, go to the user's guide which is on the Explore Analytics wiki where you can find information about using the product. Another good source of information is our video tutorials on the Explore Analytics website as well as on YouTube. So thank you very much for your attention today and goodbye. <laughs>